This is episode 146, Get Clarity on Your Past So You Can See Your Vision with Summer. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome everybody to the show. Welcome to all of my longtime listeners and all the new listeners from the show. I know a lot of you heard me on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, so thanks for coming over and checking it out. As a reminder, every Wednesday I put up a live life coaching episode where you hear somebody coach live on the air, someone that I haven't talked to. We jump right on the call and dive right in and then I break down the call afterwards and explain a little bit more about what I did with the caller and offer you some takeaways that you can apply to your own life. And every Saturday, I have a coach's corner where I interview another thought leader or I just teach something or I answer listener questions. Today we have a great show on getting clarity about your vision, but what the show is really about is clearing up your past so you can see your future more clearly. I want to thank my reviewer of the week and remember reviewing and rating the show is super, super helpful to the show's growth. You can just head on over to iTunes. It only takes a second to click the number of stars. It's great if you could click five, but be honest. And it takes a few more minutes to leave a review. And I want to acknowledge Stacy in LA who left this amazing review called Personal Spiritual Guide and Professional Mentor. I'm a community mental health therapist and often feel burnt out by my work. Listening to Christine's podcast and her do the deep work reminds me of the fire in my own soul for this work. Thank you, Christine, for being the highlight of my day each day and every time I jump into the car. Well, Stacy, so much first for listening, but moreover for doing the work that you're doing. And I want to acknowledge all of you who are doing work in some way that is serving humanity. And pretty much that's everybody, (laughs) whether you're a parent or you work in an office or you're a therapist, if you're listening to the show and you're working on your own growth, then you're serving the world because by lifting your own consciousness and bringing more attention to healing your own patterns and getting out of your own way, you are just going to show up and be more loving, more forgiving, more generous with others. So I acknowledge all of you and thank you. A couple quick announcements. We've got some events coming up. I'm going to be in Europe. It's rare that I'm in Europe. So take advantage of this. July 21st, I'm teaching in London. You can go to christinehasser.com slash London and we're more than half full and we're about a month out. So if you want a ticket to that, you're going to want to dive in soon. And then we are opening the doors to my spring retreat. This is my signature retreat and this is the one that always has a waiting list. So you're going to want to sign up for that soon. It's going to be in San Diego in March, mid-March. Go to christinehasser.com slash spring dash retreat and we'll link both of those URLs in the show notes. Before we dive into the coaching episode, I want to give you an opportunity to take advantage of the deal from our sponsor this week, and this is a good one. So Daily Burn, which is a favorite of mine, is a fitness program you can stick with and get results at last. They're the world's leading provider of on-demand video workout programs you can do at home or anywhere on a connected device. This is great for me when I travel. It's usable anywhere. So you don't have to have a gym. And because Daily Burn has thousands of classes for every level of athlete, you can find something no matter what mood you're in, no matter what fitness level you're in, no matter how long you want to work out, you never get bored. You guys, finding the answer to your fitness problems isn't as easy as walking into a gym, following a fad diet, or buying a piece of trendy equipment. That's why there's Daily Burn. 
The programs on Daily Burn take less time than the gym, cost way less than fancy exercise gadgets, and require little to no equipment. Daily Burn provides a personalized workout plan that allows you to choose expert-led workouts of every kind, including cardio, yoga, kickboxing, dance, and much more. Plus, they stream a new live workout every day, so you'll never get bored. And if you need a little extra motivation, they have an active online community where you can share your fitness journey and connect with Daily Burn trainers and members just like you. So here's the offer, your call to action. You're going to want to take advantage of it because it's an awesome offer. Go to dailyburn.com slash over it today to start your free 30-day trial. That's right, free 30 days. I mean, who wouldn't take advantage of that? Again, the link is dailyburn.com slash over it. So shifting gears back to this episode, I work with Summer on clarifying her vision because that's her initial question. However, we really don't talk much about her vision or her future at all because there was a lot from her past that was really blocking her view. It's nearly impossible to have a clear vision for a future when our past is gunking up things. I'm not saying you have to dissect every aspect of your past. However, if you're still in patterns that come from old wounding and limiting beliefs, your vision is going to be more reactive than authentic. What I mean by this is you're going to want things in your future to compensate for your wounding or where you feel less than. You're going to want money to fill a self-worth void. You're going to want fame to fill a lack of validation. You're going to crave relationships and attention to fill an old hurt from feeling like you don't belong and so on and so on. What I'm saying is going to make a lot more sense when you listen to this episode. Another big part of this coaching session is how physical symptoms or ailments in the body are a way our unconscious mind, which stores all our feelings and experiences from the past, communicates with us. Physical ailments are a way that our body, our unconscious, is trying to get our attention. I was just recently on my dear friend Aubrey Marcus's podcast discussing my last year of various random physical symptoms and what I learned from that. I'll link that episode up in the show notes, or you can just search the Aubrey Marcus podcast with my name or look for episode 156. As you're listening to this call with Summer, consider, are you having trouble gaining clarity on your vision for the future? Do you notice yourself stuck in old patterns? Are you experiencing physical symptoms? Perhaps you've even been diagnosed with some label or some disorder that you can't seem to get relief from or you can't get to the bottom of. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Summer. Summer, welcome to the show. What's your question? Most pressing for me, I think right now is just trying to get more clear on my vision So I heard your episode on Addicted to Success with Joel Brown, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I am stuck in a relationship, not relationship situation with somebody because I just don't know how to end things. And I know that he doesn't want to have kids in the future. That's something that I really want. So I know I need to end that. So what's keeping you from ending it? And let's use the word completing it. That sounds a little less scary too. Uh, to our heart than ending it. But what is stopping you from completing? Because it's, 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 you know, we can't, well, we, it's, it's more challenging to have a clear vision for the future when we're in quicksand. And if you're in a relationship where a core value isn't aligned, if having children is important to you and he doesn't want that, then you're kind of just in quicksand, just sort of stuck and sinking. And it's really hard to move forward when you're in that. So what is keeping you from completing the relationship? Well, it's my patterns. (laughs) It's really hard for me to leave relationships. I think I always just wait for them to end horribly for me. Um, Well, you can do that, but just don't expect a vision to be clear if you're going to do it that way. 
Yeah. So it's impossible for me to coach you on a vision if you're not willing to get out of something that isn't part of your vision. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think rather than focusing on what's my vision, because it's impossible to see right now, let's look at this quicksand pattern you have of staying in relationships until they blow up so you don't have to be the one to end it. Yes, I think that is um, a good place to go because definitely I feel stuck. Okay. Yeah. And I feel that way even in my career. So I think it's, yeah, that would be a really good place to get started. Yeah. And I think that's why the image, I've never used quicksand as a metaphor, but that's energetically what I feel. You just are slowly just sinking and you want to get out and, and you see something ahead of you that you want, but you just, you just can't seem to step out of things that really aren't what you want. I'm sure you've given this some thought because you've already identified it as a pattern. So be your own psychologist for a moment. Why do you do this? I am trying really hard not to uh, give myself labels. So for a long time, I thought I was had borderline personality disorder and like went to DBT and stuff, but I'm trying not to give myself a label. So I don't think I, my initial thought was to say that's why, but I don't really think that's why. I think I do. Um, I'm scared of ending things because maybe fear of abandonment is part well, of it. Well, let me let me just because I don't want to skip over that. First, why do you think that you had borderline? Who gave you that, or or why did you give yourself that? And, and enlighten me. What's DPT? Um, dialectical behavior therapy. Okay. Um, is DBT. And it's what, um, is recommended if you have that, if you have borderline. And I was married and then I went through a pretty rough divorce. I got married really, really young at 22. And so my sister came to visit at that time. And when she visited me, I was taken to the doctor, I guess at the time, I think the hospital. And so then they said that that might be what I had. But it wasn't like they said, no, that's not what you have. We were worried you had that, uh, but we think maybe you're just seeking attention or something. And so then my sister looked into it and she said, yeah, that's what I think you do have. And what, so what behaviors while, or symptoms were you exhibiting that made people think that? That time, what had happened is I tried to, I guess, okay, I took a lot of sleeping pills. I was not trying to commit suicide because I know that's what it sounds like, but I wasn't. I just wanted to sleep. I was like having a really rough day and I just wanted to sleep. And so I took a lot of sleeping pills and then my ex-husband took me to the doctor and that's how that happened. Okay. So it sounds to me, and, and again, I'm not a psychiatrist or clinical psychologist and I'm in, not in the business of diagnosing, but it sounds to me like you already know or you already feel like you don't have borderline personality disorder. Is that correct? No. Yeah, that's correct. I went to many. I mean, I've, I've like begged psychiatrists to diagnose me with it because the symptoms really matched what I thought I had just with having relationships that are out of control with getting emotional really easily, uh, being over sensitive to almost, you know, taking things personal. So I really wanted them to diagnose me with that. So I've been to many psychiatrists and or therapists, I should say, not psychiatrists, um, and asked them and they were like, no, you definitely don't like, you don't fit any of the criteria. Like you have, you have a few things, but it's not the full criteria. So anyhow, I think what I ended up identifying is the issue is P PMDD, which is premenstrual because it only happens around my period. So that's why I ended up saying, look, this can't be 
mm-hmm. borderline personality disorder because it only happens around this time. And so I've been able to get through that because like now I'm taking antidepressants, like really, really small dosage every day. And so that's really helping. So I feel like I've gotten through that. Okay. Let's, let's go back a little bit because my, my senses and my guess is that, that this probably is a reaction to stuff that happened a long time ago. What was your upbringing like? Normal really normal. I mean, I, I'm Middle Eastern, so I didn't grow up in the U.S. I grew up in Saudi Arabia for 10 years. And then I moved to the U.S. for a couple of years to learn English. So, I mean, I guess the part of it that might not be normal is just, I was in a lot of, like I was with my mom for a while and my dad and my mom are still married and they were married at the time, but they didn't really live together because my dad was in the U.S. with my sister. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, lived with her and that was like one kind of upbringing. Then I came to the U.S. and it was a completely like major shift. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to the U.S., I got bullied a lot Mm -hmm. because I didn't really speak the language. I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I just became really like a very troubled child. Like I, like I had, I was very rebellious, if Mm -hmm. you will. I really wanted to be American and it was very important for my family that I stayed in my culture. Mm And so, um, I was very rebellious. And so I got into problems with my dad. Then I moved in with my sister and her husband who kind of raised me from like high school. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, my senior year of high school, I just moved out and like started living by myself. Okay. So first of all, there is no like normal childhood. Uh, we so all have, we, not, not normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there is no, like, what do we define as normal? <laughs> We all have our path. So there's a lot in there to unpack. And a lot of what you just told me makes sense to why you have sort of this relationship pattern where one, you, you sort of feel like you need to be in a relationship at a very young age, especially with the move and wanting to be Americanized and then bully not fitting in. I think you became very externally referenced and lost sense of who you really are and have tried to see yourself and figure out who you are through the eyes of others. And this probably started at a young age. So there's, there's lots, not, I'm not saying there's lots here like, Oh my God, you're so messed up. You're hopeless. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) I'm just saying there's different directions I could go. And you know, if you were my private client, we'd go in all of them, but I want to choose the one that's going to be most effective to you on this show and really help to empower you because there's sort of, a couple things, right? You move families. Like first you're with your mom and then you move to America and then you're with your dad and then you're with your sister. So it's like, where's home? Where do I fit in? Where do I belong in terms of family? And then there's where do I belong in terms of culture? And then there's where do I belong in terms of peer group and socially? So there's a lot of where do I belong going on here and what is me and where do I fit in? And also where am I safe? Where am I safe? And there's been a lot of movement. So there's been a lot of movement and a lot of trying to fit in. So there's a part of you that craves stableness and that is longing to know who you really are. And probably on top of that, there's a lot of sadness and unprocessed emotions from your dad leaving, from moving, from being bullied that are laying kind of unconscious and then your cycle and hormones just exacerbate that. If PMS, you know, if if everybody, it's like, again, I, you know, this is just my opinion, but I think a lot of times 
we come up with names of quote unquote disorders to describe symptoms that a bunch of people are experiencing. But not every woman experiences that around her period. We all just have different ways that our body is trying to get us to wake up and process what we haven't processed. And probably when you're at a time when your hormones are fluctuating, it's harder for you to suppress and repress things that you've kept locked away for a long time. Hmm. So tell me what you've heard and any dots that are connecting for you. I mean, it, it all, it's very true. I think definitely, um, actually wrote one of the, I, I do some public speaking. And so one of the things that I talked about was just having an identity crisis. I think a lot of people from my background, um, have that because it's just very difficult. You come here, you're told to be American, but then your family's like, you're not American. And so it's just, it's a huge identity crisis. And so I definitely resonate with that. I right. feel like for sure that's a part of it. I, feel like I've always thought that my issues were more with my mom. So it's interesting that you said my dad leaving because I guess my dad has always been kind of gone. I think living with him was hard for me because he wasn't used to being the primary caretaker of us. And so he really struggled with having a teenage daughter like all the time. Um, well, teenage girls are hard enough, right? So it's yeah. like he struggled with that. And so there's, again, there's multi-layers here. And I'm giving you all the puzzle pieces because I... I really encourage people, and and this is because I really, my intention is to empower people, to put the, the puzzle pieces together of your life. So you're like, oh, this is why this is showing up. So you don't have to lean so far into trying to find a label or a disorder or a diagnosis. And I'm not against that. Like it, it's helpful. However, there's other ways to look at things. It's a different perspective. And, and the reason I come from this perspective is because, and this isn't just for you, Summer, this is for people listening too. When we go too much to the label diagnoses, it reinforces that limiting belief that something's wrong with us rather than going to, I'm human. This is my soul curriculum. What are the puzzle pieces of my life that have formed the belief systems, the patterns, and what are the you know circumstances that have triggered certain emotions that I haven't been able to process? So just again, to give you a few more puzzle pieces, first you've got you know, you're having problems around your cycle. You also come from a culture where there's an oppression of women. And so that's in your lineage. It's in your unconscious, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I think it's perceived that there is a oppression of women in my culture, but I don't know if I see it that way. Okay. How do you see I it? I guess I don't think... It's, it's weird because from the outside, I think people perceive that women are oppressed, but from like inside the home, the women are actually very powerful. Like they make almost all the yeah. decisions, <laughs> but nonetheless, the men are put on a pedestal. So yeah. I guess as I say that, I think I want to believe that, but there is definitely the men are put on a pedestal, right? Like you, you getting married is seen as a prize, which definitely yes. speaks to what you're saying of the woman being yes. Um, seen. Yes. I would say so. that's a bit oppressive. Yep. What was it like when you got your period for the first time? I was not with my mom. I do remember that. So I was, I think I was in Iowa at the time I was, I was in the U S it was in those two years that I moved here. It was around the time when I was getting bullied. I remember it being very traumatic. Yeah. Like I didn't know what was going on. No one had talked to me about it. Yeah. And it was coming like, and I was very young. I was like 11 yeah. or 12. So it was not normal for people my age to get that. Yeah. I remember not knowing what to do. Like in my culture, you should never use a tampon unless you've been married. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. 
So like just things like that, like little things like that, that I did not know because I was in the US. And so, you know, if you tell somebody you have your period, that's what they give you. And so um, just things like that were pretty hard for me. Yeah. So my love, do you, do you think that you probably have some trauma associated with your cycle? You even use the word traumatic to describe getting your period for the first time. Wow. Yeah. I, I've never thought about it that way. Right. Yes. So puzzle pieces. So you're not a victim of your hormones here. It's just your body wanting to get your attention, wanting you to, to work with that, to go back to that 11 year old girl and really honor that rite of passage and not see it as this traumatic, scary thing. Because even though today consciously, you know, it's not, it was confusing. It was traumatic. You probably maybe felt some shame. You were scared. Your emotions were all over the place. Yeah. And so that, that was seeded and that association was made. And so every time that comes around again, there's a part of that that's getting, that's getting triggered again. So my, again, this is just my opinion. You have to really check into what resonates with you. I have a strong sense that if you worked with that a little bit and really went back and healed that what was a traumatic event of getting your period for the first time, and worked with that 11-year-old girl and explained what was going on and really, really embraced it and really celebrated it, I would be willing to guess that some of your symptoms may start to go down a little bit. That makes sense. I've never thought about it that way. I think I just decided that it's what I have. Maybe it was easier or something, but that's this is so powerful. Well, and that's the, like I said, diagnoses and labels are helpful to an extent but they can sometimes be limiting because we may, we think we're just a victim of our body when really our body's always trying to tell us something. It's always, it's always really working to help us heal. And so that, that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is this, your father who was gone to war and then he thought he was dead and then he moved to the U S and then he was with your sister, not you. So in your patterning with men, You probably have a little bit of the anxious attachment style, which you're looking and I'm sure you've listened to the show a little bit and you've heard me coach people before about, you know, whatever parent we didn't get the love from or didn't get the validation from, we end up trying to find that in, in someone we date. And so because you never really had a, a healthy present relationship with the masculine in your life, it's been more challenging for you to have that now. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And all of this, all of this, all these puzzle pieces that I'm bringing up, really, I I want them to ride on the energy of empowering you to, to move to a level of self-understanding so one, you don't judge your relationship patterns because it's harder to shift out of something when we're judging it. And two, so you can really start tending to those younger parts that have made a lot of decisions and formed a lot of beliefs and had a lot of feelings that never got fully expressed. And it's more challenging to work through our childhood parental issues and relational issues when we're in a relationship that keeps triggering it. 
Yeah, which I think is exactly what I keep doing. My relationship patterns have always been exactly the same. Yeah. I think I just, you know, what I want to do right now, and it's kind of what I've been doing, but not really, is I, I want to just be single. Like I told myself, I, I heard some of your coaching, and I'm like, okay, I just need time with myself to really heal this without being in a relationship. Because I do feel like I'm always, I have a need to always be in a relationship but it's been so difficult for me because, you know, I just keep falling back into old patterns with my ex or, you know, I just, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm so late. Like I was supposed to already, like I got married 10 years ago and I feel like I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to be in, have kids already. I just feel really late. So I think because of that, I keep jumping back into relationship thinking I'm going to get to that, you know, married kids thing. Yeah. I hear that. And again, that's just, that's just a limiting belief and that's just a judgment. So I encourage you to look at it this way. You can either stay in relationships until they blow up or end up getting into a relationship that you kind of settle for just because you're adhering to some timeline. Fast forward 10 years from now when you're in a miserable marriage and wanting to get divorced again. Yeah, no, that's not a good fast forward. <laughs> no, right. And so it's working with your mind and working with your thoughts and, and paying more attention to really what you want to, to heal and shift inside of you than following any timeline. Cause we're all on our soul's timeline, you know, yeah. age and numbers and all of those things. And the more we actually go back and, and deal with things that we, that are continuing to perpetuate the toxic patterns, the faster we actually manifest and co-create the relationships, vision, job, career that are in alignment with what we want. Because right now, because you haven't quite yet gone back and healed a lot of these things that we're talking about today, the relationships and career are just in alignment with where you currently are, which is in fear about being alone, looking for a stableness from a man, but continuing to attract emotionally unavailable, unsteady men, but then being afraid to leave because you're craving stability so much that you're, we wait until you're forced out coupled with this confusing relationship with being a woman, old trauma attached to getting your cycle for the first time and all that being activated every time it comes around. So my suggestion to you would be a lot of times when we want to make these changes, our basic self, it feels very scary. So I would suggest making a really good self-care plan, getting a really, a, a coach or a therapist that you really resonate with, um, maybe looking into, um, healers that specialize in, in trauma, like somatic therapy is really good with that. I'm sure in our world that there are women that specialize in helping women really embrace their femininity and come, come into peace with their cycle. Like I'm sure there's somebody that could help you with that part of it as well. It just kind of requires putting out to the universe. I'm ready for my teachers and healers to appear and getting a plan in place in terms of a team, because I believe me, I wouldn't be where I am today without my team. And I don't mean my team that works with me, but healers and coaches and people that have really helped me navigate those places, just like I'm doing with you now, right? I'm just helping yeah. you navigate it. And I feel like if you put 
more of that plan and that foundation in place so that you don't feel like you're leaving this relationship and then just kind of flailing around, but that you actually have your, your healing and self-care team and plan in place, then you can make that empowered choice to complete this relationship with love and truth and move into a relationship with yourself. Hmm. Yes, that's definitely what I need to do. I just have to find the courage and like you said, just put it out to the universe that I'm ready for it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's never, you've probably heard me say this too. So of all the listeners that courage isn't the absence of fear it's moving forward anyway. And the, the truth is people really don't call me and get booked on the show unless they're really ready. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I feel like I'm I, yeah, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I just needed the validation. Yeah. It's, you know, Summer, it's the difference between jumping into a, a cold pool and just like, you know, diving right in versus going inch by inch by inch, hoping that it warms up. Yeah. It's torture going inch by inch by inch. Yeah. And you miss That's a lot of time. Exactly. You miss mm-hmm. a lot of time, you know, enjoying the swim. And again, that, that visual of the quicksand, you know, you just kind of slowly, slowly, slowly. The only way that you get out is you, you pull yourself out quickly. Yeah. So I put a self-care plan in place, get your team, look at the relationship, complete it. Don't wait for it to blow up and, and really start moving forward. But don't think that you have to do it on your own because that's another thing going back to the puzzle pieces, this, where do I belong? Having to figure things out on my own. You know, I I really want you to feel supported in a healthy way. Yeah. I finally got a coach recently. So I am working with a coach and I need to probably go see my therapist again. I'm not working with her, but my coach, it's been really helpful to have a coach. And I mean, I've been listening to you and I've read expectation hangover for a very long time. And so, yeah, I think I just need to go through that journey and go through the book and actually do the exercises. Yes. Do the exercises. Everybody's like, Oh, there's so many exercises in the book. I'm like, yes. Like Mm -hmm. if, if just reading a book shifted things, we'd all be, you know, all of us who've read self-help books would be totally enlightened, but we can't just, (laughs) we can't just read the information. We really need to do the exercises so that we can process it. And all those exercises in the book are the things that work for me and things that work for the people that I work with. So yes, do the exercises, maybe have your coach listen to this episode, get a plan together and and get some accountability in place so that you get out of the quicksand. Thank you so much, Christine. This was so, so helpful. Summer came into this coaching session looking for clarity on her vision, but it's impossible to get clarity on how to move forward when you're stuck in quicksand. Like I said to Summer on the call, I've never used that metaphor before, but different things come forward for different people. I love this image because this is exactly what happens when we're engaging in patterns that are not really healthy. It's a slow sinking process that makes us feel really stuck. It's not like falling into a big hole where it's obvious we've fallen and we need to get out quick. Bad patterns we can get away with for a while, but if you stay stuck and sinking too long, eventually you're going to go under and part of you will permanently feel trapped. And that's when she got into talking about her patterns. The first thing she said about her patterns was, it's hard for me to leave relationships. Okay, everybody, watch your language. If you keep affirming it's hard for you to leave things or it's hard for you to do things or you're sick, you're going to keep believing it. So you want to really watch your language and your I am statements. Don't keep stating and affirming what you don't want. 
Otherwise, it just keeps happening. So then we started to explore her past, including her relationship with her dad, her mom, even her peers. And what we got to was she experienced a deep sense of wondering where she belongs, where she fits in. She was attempting to find where she fit in with her family, her culture, and her peers. And in looking for a sense of belonging, she became very externally referenced for her sense of identity and safety. She was looking to define herself and feel safe through the eyes and arms of others. There's also a lot of movement in her life. And so she's craving stability, which is why the relational patterns that are like quicksand were somewhat comfortable to her and challenging to get out of because they actually felt stable. We also talked about labels and the different diagnoses she had received. Now, I understand why we seek out a diagnosis when we're sick or suffering with something. We want an answer. We want relief. We want to get better. But sometimes a label or diagnosis can be confining. It can be another way we get stuck in quicksand because we feel like we're a victim of the diagnosis or label and we can't get out of it. But for the most part, I believe if we can get to the source of what instigated the physical ailment and what our body is alerting us to heal through the symptoms, we can heal it. You heard a great example of what I'm talking about when Summer started to discuss her diagnosis of PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's a severe form of PMS. Every month she really suffers. So that's why I was inspired to ask her, what was it like when you got your period for the first time? Well, as you heard, it wasn't great. She said she didn't know what to do. She felt bad about using a tampon. She felt alone, shamed. She felt so young. She even used the word traumatic to describe it. See, I feel every month her body's really wanting to get her attention, wanting her to honor that rite of passage, wanting to go back and heal that trauma that she has associated with her period so that it doesn't have to trigger that confusing, scary, shameful, traumatic old memory. You know, her emotions were all over the place then and they continue to be every month. But I truly, truly believe she could be free of that. I said to Summer, and you heard it on the call, so much of this call is putting the puzzle pieces of her life together to really understand her soul curriculum, her life lessons, instead of just looking outside to find a diagnosis or a label or looking to someone to make her feel safe or seen. And all of finding these puzzle pieces really rides on the energy of empowerment. We don't want to look for the puzzle pieces in a way of, oh my gosh, let me collect all my broken parts. No, they're just puzzle pieces that are part of the whole because you're whole. So looking at our past, we can be empowered. It empowers us with self-understanding. It helps us tend to younger parts that had a lot of feelings that never got expressed. And also it's more challenging to work through these puzzle pieces, to work through these childhood issues when we're in a relationship that keeps triggering it. It's like a scab we keep picking. So the relationship that she's in right now continues to trigger her old patterns and she sinks deeper in the quicksand. Another thing I really want to emphasize for all of you listening who should and supposed to all over yourself, like Summer did with feeling like she should be married right now and she's late. Okay, so supposed to thinking and shoulding all over yourself is a total block to hearing your intuition and really attracting what's most aligned for you. So let's say that you and I were in a deep conversation and you're about to tell me something really, really important, something that really mattered. And all of a sudden music went on super, 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 super loud. And I couldn't hear a word you said. So keep that picture in mind when you're shooting all over yourself. You trying to tell me something really important. That's your intuition. The loud music is all the shoulds and the supposed tos. When you let those go, when you turn down the volume of the should and the supposed tos, your actual divine timing, your true authentic life timing reveals itself. 
Furthermore, the more we go back and deal with the past rather than supposed to eat about the future, the faster we actually manifest what is most aligned for us. And again, how you get clear on your vision, how you get clear on moving forward is to not keep doing things in the present that is a direct contradiction to what you want. So she continues to be in that quicksand relationship that's in a direct contradiction to what she wants. So of course, hard to move forward into your vision if in the present you are doing something that contradicts it. So that brings me to my first takeaway for you. Is there anything you're currently doing in the now that's a direct contradiction to what you want? So let's say you want to be financially abundant and out of debt, but you keep spending on things that you don't need. You keep being irresponsible with your money. Those two things are in direct contradictions. Let's say you want to have a family and be happily in marriage or in a partnership and you want children, but you are in a relationship you know is a dead end. Contradiction. Second thing, and this was my advice to Summer, if you are in a period like she is where you realize that you have some past things to clear up, you want to get out of the quicksand, make a really good self-care plan because that feels empowering. If we look at our life and we look at where we are and we're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to heal. I have so much to do. I have so much to overcome. That doesn't feel exciting or empowering at all. But if you really look at it as self-care and self-nurturing and self-discovering, that shifts your energy. And also when looking for healers or people that you're working with, people that you hire, find people with the mind-body connection, especially if you're dealing with the physical ailment. You know, MDs are wonderful, intelligent people and are very helpful, but sometimes we need to go a little outside the box to get to the core issue. I'm sure Summer's been to many doctors and gynecologists about the PMDD and everything she was experiencing. And up until now, no one really even asked her what her experience with her first period was like. So a lot of times it takes a lot of different people to help us put the puzzle pieces together. But eventually we've got to get back to our own inner knowing and our own intuition. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. As always, I love when you hit me up on Instagram, when you make comments on the show notes, and when you tell me what you think of the show. And it always means a lot when you share with others. If you want to get on the wait list to be coached alive on the show, email assist at christinehassler.com. Sending you much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehassler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. <laughs>